praise God. You know, sometimes you can uh, have little things come up in your heart that you almost see. Uh, I'm not saying I had a had a vision, but you know, I, I know you know uh, the harvest uh, is likened to the planting of seed, but the harvest is also likened to casting a net. And uh, you know, when uh, Peter uh, let the Lord use his boat and his nets, what happened? He had a boat sinking, net breaking, uh, influx of, of fish. The Lord said, cast on the right side. Well, we, we got the net out and did some casting with missions. And I believe that there's going to be a, a huge uh, thing of souls saved in, uh, in Benin and, and a huge, uh, you know, uh, increase in prosperity come back to us. Anybody want to shout? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, I got you out at 8.07 last week. So I'm attempting to do the same this week, but we want to be led and flow with the Spirit. Amen? So if you have your Bibles, well, turn with me to uh, 1 Timothy. We're going to go back to Scripture that we looked at last week. And uh, we've already prayed, so uh, we'll just... uh, hook our faith up together now and y'all believe with me uh, utterance is greatly affected by not only the minister and his preparation but also uh, by the hearer and so uh, <clears throat> if you can stir yourself up to expect and believe God that he'll speak uh, not just me speaking but the Holy Spirit speaking about what's being said as well Uh, the Lord can help us and give us answers and give us good progress because the Word of God does have the answers. Praise God. And it is God speaking to us. You know, sometimes uh, I've heard people that, you know, uh, were really leaning toward or had a prophetic flair and our whole church, you know, had that identity and uh, about prophecy and prophetic, and we believe in the gifts of the Spirit and prophecy. Uh, and they would say, do you have a word for us? And, uh, <laughs> you know, you can have a word from the Lord. But if the gift of prophecy is not in uh, operation, you don't have to be disappointed because we have a whole book of words. And uh, sometimes people say, do you have a word for me? Yes, we have a whole book of words. And so, uh, (laughs) of course, they can be more or less anointed, but we're thankful that uh, the Holy Spirit is here to teach us tonight and to help us. Can you say amen? Have you noticed you've got the best teacher that there is? You've got the book as well as the author of the book to help you to understand the book. So, you know, ignorance is inexcusable. (laughs) I've never said that exactly like that, but it's true. Ignorance is inexcusable. If we've got the book and the author of the book, the truth and the spirit of truth, then uh, between the two, we ought to be able to, uh, to uh, to have a clarity concerning understanding. A lot of times people make excuses. They'll say, well, you just never can know what the will of the Lord is. Uh, You know, there are certain things that God has confined to his own timetable and his own, you know, 
uh, you know, plan and purpose that he doesn't reveal to us. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 29, 29, that the things that are revealed belong unto us and our children, but the things that are not revealed uh, belong to the Lord. And so, you know, the Lord's not going to tell you everything about other individuals' lives and certain things about his plan, even the disciples. Uh, you know, Jesus told them when they were wanting to know when the kingdom of God was going to appear, he said it's not within, you know, uh, your, your you know, knowledge frame to know when uh, the Father put those things in his own timetable. But he said you shall receive power and redirected their interest toward what the Spirit of God was doing at that time. But... Uh, uh, the Bible, when people make excuses like, well, you just can't know the will of God, Ephesians 5 and verse uh, 17 says, do not do not be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Can you say amen? So the Bible says, I think it's Ephesians five seventeen. It says, don't be unwise, but do understand. So to say, well, you just never can understand the will of the Lord is not scriptural. The Bible gave us, the Bible says, I hadn't seen or ear hadn't heard, but the things that God had prepared for them that loved them. But the next verse said, but he has revealed them unto us by spirit that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. So uh, God wants us to know. Amen. He even, uh, you know, prayed for the Ephesians that they would know that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. Another prayer in Colossians is that we might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Filled with what? His, the knowledge of his will. God wants you to know his will. I mean, and then there's verses like, for example, with thanksgiving and praise in First Thessalonians. It says that, you know, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus is that in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Tells us, uh, you know, in other places in Thessalonians, he said this, uh, this is the will of God, your sanctification. Uh, he talks about specifically what is his will. And so that's why we should be great adherents and have a hunger and an appetite for the word of God. Because the more you're hungry to know God's desire and, and to please God, the hungrier you are, you're going to want to feed on the word of God. You know, the Lord said about Jesus, he said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And so, you know, he said, Jesus said, I don't, you know, uh, I do always those things that please the Father. Well, how are you going to know how to please the Father? What is the Father's will? You're going to know what the Father's will is. It's not an ink and a paper book to call the Bible. That's a commandment book of religious, you know, laws and legalism. It's a living letter of a living person speaking to a new created heart. And so that he can speak to us and direct us and, and, and convey his plan, purpose, and will to our lives. So it's a, it's a living fellowship that we have with God through his word. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask what you will and it shall be done. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone. If you're just eating naturally, uh, you know, natural food, you're just half alive. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of God's mouth. To have the abundant life that Jesus came to bring, 
you have to feed upon the living word that's going to cause your spiritual life to thrive. Amen. And so you can ascertain where your spiritual, your health is, uh, you know, about how your, your appetite and your love for the Word of God is. Amen. Now, I've kind of, you know, drifted from time to time on that, but I'm in a season of my life where when I get up in the morning, I, you know, Jeremiah said, I've desired your Word more than my necessary food. I'm hungry for the Word of God every day. And one thing I was, <laughs> I was, you know, have you ever got hungry naturally and just really been, you know, let's go eat. <laughs> right? <laughs> you're ready to go get something to eat because you're hungry physically. I mean, if you've burned a lot of calories. And that's the reason a lot of times <laughs> we're getting into a can of worms this, this, this evening. But, I mean, you know, uh, you know, if you don't, if you're not active spiritually, uh, your appetite won't be as good. You know, if I start working out physically, my calorie burn goes up and I immediately start getting more appetite and getting hungrier. So, you know, uh, you know, now I'm, I'm, you know, a lot of times I'm ministering on Sunday morning and I'm ministering on Wednesday night. And then I'm also, you know, doing some things individually with people through the week's counseling or whatever. And then I'm doing prayer school on Sunday morning and prayer school on Wednesday night. And, you know, so I'm ministering four or five times a week. And uh, I've got, a, you know, more going out. So if you got more going out, what do you have to have to stay, you know, you have to have more coming in. Right? So I was just like, man, I was about to run out of everything. I was like, Lord, I've got to start putting more in. So I've started putting more in, and it's been a big help in my life. But then again, on the same aspect, you've got to be uh, putting out to, it can create, an. Uh, let me just say this, there's two things that can create an appetite for, uh, you, for, your, for your spiritual appetite for the Word of God. One is uh, get involved you know, where you're given out. So if you're given out, you have to have more to sustain the, the flow. It's the same way with respiration and with breathing. I mean, those, if you're just like, well, well, if you're just coming every Sunday and for years and going, feed me, feed me, feed me. At some point, you need to go, and you need to do something. You need to breathe out. You need to be praying. Can you say man? Praising. Amen. Serving. And if you'll breathe out real hard, then what? Then you can take in more. <clears throat> and so if you're not giving out, uh, you know, then your appetite is going to decrease. We're not saved to sit. We're saved to serve. And I mean, you know, you know, one of the best ways to get in the center of God's will is just do whatever comes your way. If it's pull weeds out of the flower bed or put, uh, you know, uh, tar on the roof or, uh, you know, teach kids or, or, you know, greet or just get involved somewhere. And, uh, you know, I should have Lisa Sinkovich come in and tell how uh, her and Mike, and she won't mind me saying this, and if I get it wrong, she can correct me at some other time. But they were just kind of, you know, a little bit back and forth spiritually, and she took a step to get involved in ministering to the kids and, and became the nursery and preschool coordinator. And she said their whole spiritual life <clears throat> just went up 
uh, you know, to a way higher level when they just got engaged and got hooked and started serving. Can you say, man, if you get involved somewhere, more grace comes to you because if you're giving grace out and sowing, it'll come back to you. Amen. You can get healed back teaching kids. Can you say, man, you can get prosperous, you know, serving in some area. And it has eternal consequences and eternal rewards. And so, you, you know, uh, I just, you know, I'm addicted to serving. I could not, uh, I, but now I, I could not be a spectative Christian for any, uh, any degree of my life anywhere in the future. I, I just couldn't sit on the bench. Now, it, that doesn't mean necessarily being on a platform or being a speaking gift. That can be at home praying. That can be, uh, you, know, uh, you know, giving. That can be, you know, serving in different areas. But some way, somehow, I'm going to have to serve. God's, God has done too much for me for me to be apathetic toward him. I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like, he gave it all, I'm going to give it all. <laughs> and you just know, I know when I've, you know, you, you just know when you're not there and you know when you are there. And so, you know, I've been there, not there at times where I've just been kind of lukewarm and cooled down. And it wasn't that God moved away from me. If we get lukewarm, it wasn't, a, it wasn't God that moved. Are you still here? You know, if, you know, the Bible talks about, you know, uh, you know, he said to one church in Revelation, he said, I have somewhat against you because you've lost your first love. And uh, he said the way to remedy that was, he said, to return and do the first works. If you do the works, then the love will respond. You know, love, you know, your, your affections follow your will. And at first, sometimes you may do something without any feelings, but if you start doing it, if you obey, like if you give an offering or you pray or you serve or do what, and you get involved, even without a great enthusiasm, it's like setting your oven, putting it on 400. You, you, that's like putting your will, do the first works, obedience, and then the heat will follow it, and the affections and the desire and the enthusiasm and the joy will follow it. So sometimes you have to make a choice to set your mind, to set your focus, uh, to be uh, involved actively with the kingdom of God. And if you do, uh, you know, the affections will follow the, uh, you know, the, uh, the commitment. Can you say amen? So, uh, you know, it works like that in your relationships with, uh, you know, if you're married or with friendships or whatever, if a relationship is cooled down. If you start doing the things that were uh, the things that caused that relationship to, uh, to prosper and go forward, if you start doing those things again, then those feelings will come back. Are you still here? And so it's the same way with God. Your relationship with Him is not any different. If you start doing the things again, you might do it a little bit by rote and a little bit by, you know, just, uh, you know, uh, whatever, discipline at first. But then uh, that begins to give the God and the Holy Spirit an opportunity to start working in your heart. And your heart will become more and more engaged on what you set your mind to. Can you say amen? 
So, you know, a lot of times people say, well, when I feel all juicy, then I'll start reading the Bible again or I'll pray. No, you just get down and pray. You know, Wigglesworth said most of the time he started out in the flesh and wound up in the spirit. Are you still here? But most of the time, people's flesh is, is, you know, a little bit on the stronger and a dominant side in their life, and they won't press through their flesh to get to some of the things that will open the door for the Spirit of God to, to take them into a further, you know, uh, path. Can you say amen? So, uh, you know, again, getting hungrier is good. serve like the breathing, you know, have an exhale, and then you'll be ready to inhale. Sit with me, exhale. <laughs> oh, praise God. So, uh, how many knows you'll get hungrier for another breath of air if you uh, exhale and just don't inhale? Right? Uh, exhale precedes, service precedes, you know, an influx of grace. Then on the other hand, how do you get hungry if you're not hungry? Uh, one of the, excuse me, one of the best ways to get uh, hungry for the Word of God, you know, the Bible says to desire the sincere milk of the Word of God as a newborn babe. Right? Another way to get hungry for the Word of God, one of the best ways I've found is to read Psalms 119. Psalms 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible. It's, I think, 176 verses. But in every verse, the psalmist is talking about how much he loves God's law and God's word. Oh, how love I thy law. It's better to me than thousands of gold and silver. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I rejoiced. That your word is one that finds great spoil. Great peace have they which love your law, your word, and nothing shall offend them. How withal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed unto your word? More desired, your word's more desired than gold and more silver and sweeter than honey and the honeycomb. Amen. Forever, O Lord, your word is established in heaven. The entrance of your words give light. They give understanding to the simple. I have more wisdom than my teachers because I've meditated in your word. Can you say man? Your word has been my songs in the house of my pilgrims. Those are all verses from Psalms 119. And if you get in there and read those, then that same love for the word of God that the, uh, that the psalmist had, uh, it will, you know, and he was a man after God's own heart, right? That same hunger will get in you for the Word of God. And if you just start by faith saying, Lord, I treasure your Word. I rejoice in your Word. I love your Word. Your Word is sweet to me. Your Word is wonderful. Praise you for, you know, your Word. For long, you'll be like, man, I need to pull over here and, and feed my spirit some more. That's good stuff. <laughs> Can you say man? And you know, and, and the, the fallacy of that is, is that there's things that we need, areas that we need victory in and areas we need to overcome in, in and, and to move up in. 
Uh, and the only way to get those things uh, active in our life or receive those things is that grace, that added grace, is, uh, you know, the Bible says being justified by uh, faith, uh, being justified, how does it say it? Being justified by uh, faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by which also we have access into the grace of God. How do you get into to more grace? By grace, you're saved through faith. Uh, how do you get into a greater uh, area of grace in your life? Well, it comes by faith. Well, how does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So to receive things that we previously have not received, to enjoy blessings on a higher level than we've received it, our faith level has to come up. How does our faith level come up? It comes up by feeding on the Word of God. And as your faith level comes up, then you'll find yourself walking in a higher level of grace. And, of course, a higher level of grace is going to give you more victory. Can you say amen? So this, is, this thing is not just a, uh, you know, a cause and effect thing out of dealing with effect. You have to understand the principle that's involved in it, that faith and victory come out of a lifestyle of fellowship with the Lord. And really, faith is a byproduct of fellowship of, with God in, in His Word and in prayer. But, you know, even in prayer, if the Holy Spirit's speaking to you, that's the Word of God. It's just revealed to you by the Holy Spirit as opposed to the written Word of God, Him speaking through the written Word of God. Now, normally, He's going to speak to us through the written Word of God, and that's the first and chief way that God speaks to you through the written Word of God. I mean, and sometimes people are asking, well, Lord, tell me what to do. Give me direction or guidance. Well, if you're not getting any light, then uh, go to the Word of God and walk in the light that you get there. Because if you walk in the light of the Word of God, then that's the first foundational thing. If you're not walking in that light that you already have, why should God give you a light? Because it's a stewardship principle. Right? If I'm not going to obey this light, why should he give me more light? Right? So to activate, you know, future direction and have the Holy Spirit speak to you more about what to do if there's confusion, go back to and begin to do the light that you already have. And if you walk in that light, if you need more light, then uh, you're showing yourself faithful to be a good steward of the light that already has been given. And if you do that and walk in that light, then the Lord will give you more light. Can you say amen? And so, you know, you can start a revolution, uh, you know, self-initiated revolution spiritually in your life if you want to come back to the Lord and be on fire for the Lord. If you want to return to the Lord, you know, and of course the devil's always there. You can't come back. You're never going to be like you was when you're really turned on to God. I'm turned on to the Lord as I believe, you know, very close to what I was when, you know, when I, you know, got saved and filled with the Spirit. And it's it's getting stronger all the time. We're going to go there and go past there by the grace of God. Can you say amen? Uh, you know, there don't have to be, you know, well, you'll get down in the valley and live defeated after a while like all of us, you know, uh, you know, that just are hanging on and wishing for Jesus to come back. No, bless God, you can live on the mountaintop. If you walk by faith and you stay filled with the Spirit and you walk in the light, uh, you can stay up in victory. 
no matter what the circumstances are like. Paul said, thanks be unto God. That always causes us to try. Amen. He said, thanks be unto God that gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Doesn't mean you're not going to have tests. You're not going to have trials. You're not going to have pressures. You're not going to have challenges. But you can self-initiate yourself into a, a life of being on fire for God. You can just start, I'm going to start reading the Bible. I'm going to start fellowshipping the Lord with prayer. I may have to juggle some, you know, some priorities here and stop doing this. And so I've got more time to do this. But I'm telling you, if you start getting more faith in your life, that is the key to achieving and having and overcoming things that have been challenges in times past. Because a weak spirit uh, is a spirit that's kept, you know, subdued and under you know, some influence of the enemy and the forces of darkness. But if you get enough truth and you get enough faith in you, then your things that, uh, that, that previously your perspective changes because things that l- previously looked daunting that you didn't feel like you could overcome or you could lay hold on with your faith actually becomes increasingly more possible to the point you're like, yeah, God is bigger than that. God can do this. Oh, yeah, we can believe God for this to come in or believe God for this healing or believe God for this wisdom or direction and what used to daunt you and make you so intimidated and tire over you uh, it's like David and Goliath you're just like hey bigger bigger the problem is the harder it's gonna fall I mean you know one person's perspective with David and Goliath was have you seen how big he is but David's perspective was like hey this guy's got a really big forehead <laughs> Are you still here? <laughs> like <laughs> he's so big, they're they're trembling in the trenches and saying, "Have you seen how big he is?" And David's saying, "I don't think I can miss this guy." <laughs> Same guy, two different people. It's the half full, half empty glass. Can you say, man? And you get enough of God in you and get enough faith in you, then, then everything that looked uh, so daunting and so challenging is like, hey, me and God can take this. I can overcome this. But the, it starts with the lifestyle decisions of I'm going to invest time in the Word of God. I'm going to come, you know, on Wednesday night. I'm going to believe God that Pastor Tim has a message from God and the Spirit of God is going to know in him. And I'm going to receive it not as just another church service. I'm going to receive it as the Spirit of God speaking to me. And I'm going to get closer. And progressively, you start warming up. And you get hotter and hotter and more passionate and more passionate. And then you're walking, you know. Uh, you know, it said that Peter, when he followed the Lord, when he denied the Lord, it says he followed the Lord afar off. Are you still here? You've got to close the gap. You start spending time and letting Him speak to you and conforming your life to what pleases Him, letting the Word of God change you and renew your mind and stuff like that. Well, that gap of following far off gets near and nor. And finally, I mean, you know, if Jesus turns around, you're going to be, fall- you're going to be bumping into His back. I mean, you know, if He stops, <laughs> you're going to be piling up on top of Him because you're, you are tight. You know, uh, uh, with uh, with uh, Ruth, Ruth and uh, Naomi and uh, Oprah, I think her name was. Uh, she went back to her people, but uh, Ruth said, "You know, your God's going to be my God. Your people's going to be my people. 
Your, <laughs> your country's going to be my country. Your town's going to be my town. And she said, death is not going to, I'll be buried where you're buried. I'm going to go with you everywhere you go. And boy, did it pay off for her. Oh my goodness. She wasn't, she didn't know anything about Boaz. She didn't know anything about, you know, them not having a, uh, you know, uh, an heir in that family. Uh, but she went and, and stuck with Oprah. I mean, with Naomi and uh, didn't go back. She didn't want to go back to her idols and go back to, to Moab, being a Moabite. She wanted to, to move on with the God of Israel. And uh, she did, and God brought her into, uh, you know, a prosperous and a wealthy place, and she actually became part of the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ. But she wasn't going, she's going to cleave to Naomi. And you know, that's one thing it said about Paul and Barnabas. They went and they, after they, you know, went to Antioch, after the church had been, you know, a second church had started in Antioch, it said that that Barnabas went there and he was a son of consolation and he was a man filled with the Spirit and full of faith and he admonished them to cleave to the Lord. Cleave means, you know, that's the Hebrew word for adhere or stick to or glue. You got to want to stick to the Lord. I'm going to stick to you. I'm going to be your shadow. I'm not going, you know, that's what a disciple means, one that follows. Right? Where they go, you go. What they do, you do. And, and you just, I mean, mentally, you know, and the same principle was, you know, with Elijah and Elisha. You know, Elisha, Elijah was, you know, it had come time for him to go to be with the Lord. And Elisha had been his servant and waited on him for 10 years. And, uh, you know, and he said, uh, pray, I pray you tarry here in Bethel or whatever town it was. And he said, as my soul lives, he said, you're not going without me going. And uh, so he went over to Bethel, and he went from there and said, I'm going to go over to another town. I pray you uh, stay here. And he said, as my soul lives and as your soul lives, I am not departing from you. And so they were on their way to the third town that day. And uh, he said, uh, "He said, what do you want from the Lord? And he said, uh, I want a double portion of what you have. And Elijah said to Elisha, he said, you've asked for a hard thing, but he said, if you're with me and you see me when I depart, he said, it'll be granted you. And he stuck with him like glue. I don't know about you, but I'm going to stick with Jesus like glue. Can you say amen? And so... You know the rest of the story. They went down to the river Jordan and Elijah got out the mantle and rolled it up and smote the waters and said, you know, uh, you know, he divided the waters and the two went over Jordan. <clears throat> and after they got over on the other side, you know, uh, uh, they were walking along and uh, Elisha's just like, I'm sticking with you. And uh, here come uh, your chariot of fire. And parted them between. And Elijah, Elijah went up in the chariot of fire. And Elisha said, you know, uh, my Lord, you know, the, you know, the horses and chariots of Israel. And uh, what happened? The mantle floated down. And Elisha picked it up. He stayed with that and he got what his heart was hungry for. Can you say amen? 
my heart's hungry for some new things. And Lord, there's some new mantles, not just for me, but for some other people. Are you still here? Some new anointing, some greater places in God, some uh, greater places in prosperity, some greater places in power with God, and uh, a a greater promised land to take. And, uh, you know, I'm not fooling around. I'm, I'm sticking with Jesus. If he stops, I'm going to run into the back of him. <laughs> Are you still here? And you can self-initiate that. <clears throat> you know, he's not, we're not waiting on him. He's waiting on us. And, you know, like, you know, he said, return to you. He said, come back to your first love. I have somewhat against you. Start doing the first works and come back. Well, the devil's going to lie and say, you can't get back to God. Well, apparently Jesus didn't know that or he wouldn't told us to come back to our first love. If he said, come back, we can come back. Are you still here? He told Peter to walk on the water, and he said, come. The power to walk on the water was in the come. Well, the power to come back to your first love is in Jesus telling you to come back. I can come back to where I'm in love with the Lord more than I've ever been and go past that, praise God, into the best spiritual life that I've ever had for the rest of my days. Can you say amen? And you know, when the Lord speaks these kind of things, He wouldn't be uh, uh, telling us, I didn't intend on ministering on this tonight. <laughs> I thought I was on ministering on that, but this is our sermon tonight. And if the Lord gave us this, apparently you and I had ears to hear it, or He wouldn't have given us utterance to say it. And secondly, there is an enablement in a him giving us this, I mean, why would he tell us, you know, it's like the turning the water into wine. Mary turned to them and said, when they run out of wine, he said, what was the key to a miracle? She turned around and said, whatsoever he says, do it. You want a miracle? What's the key to a miracle? Whatever he says, do it. So hear him and do it. So isn't it more complex than that? No, no, hear what he says. And then obey him and then have a miracle. Can you say amen? Well, God's speaking some things to us tonight. Praise God. We can, we can go into a new place in God and, uh, and things that have been dawning and didn't, we didn't feel like we might could achieve success in or dreams we might have given up on or something. Those can all be requickened. <laughs> Can you say, man, and you can engage with the same intensity and passion and desire that you have before the Word of God can become real to you. Uh, Praying in the Spirit can become a joy to you. Worshiping God in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs can become uh, a flow that you just uh, readily flow in. And your whole spiritual life can can burn anew and afresh. Paul told Timothy, he said, uh, you know, God hadn't given you a spirit of intimidation or timidity or fear, but God has given us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind, undistracted sound mind. And uh, he said, stir up the gift that is in you. It's already in there. But you've got to take the initiative. You as an understood subject. When he said stir up the gift, he didn't say have the, the fivefold ministry to stir it up, have, you know, the uh, worship leader to stir it up. He didn't say, uh, you know, come over and see me and I'll get you stirred up. He said stir up. You stir up the gift that's within you. Praise God. So it's in there. 
Can you say man? And if you start praying in the Spirit and you start reading His Word and you start worshiping God and you start doing the first things that uh, the works that, you know, that was, you know, your, your habit or your lifestyle when you were close to the Lord, that passion, that joy, that closeness, that intimacy, that fellowship will return and you'll go into a place in the Lord that is really beautiful. And you'll, you'll be uh, greatly more used by the Lord. And so, uh, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to lead the way. <laughs> Praise God. If, if you, you know, you're probably going to lead the way too, but I'm going in. It, life is critical. It's short. And so there's no use in serving half-baked, you know, uh, pudding. <laughs> Might as well put it back in the oven and let it cook and, uh, and have the real thing, you know. And so, hey, you know, it's contagious. You know, I've heard a lot of news in the media lately about how contagious now the measles are returning. Well, I know the measles can be contagious, but I know Holy Ghost joy can be contagious. I know the love of God can be contagious. I know uh, being filled with the Spirit and having faith can be contagious. Can you say, Mary? And you know, you get you know, you you get full of that, you 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 know, you're a greater blessing to people. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Stand up and shout. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We rejoice. We rejoice. Always. And again we say rejoice, Lord. Father, we speak over these people tonight. We speak rekindling fire. We speak refreshment. We speak rejuvenation and reviving and, and quickening, Lord God. May your Spirit fall on every one of us afresh and new. And Father, may a, a hunger for your Word an appetite for things of the Spirit uh, be rekindled afresh and anew in us, Lord. And may we, Father, as Paul said to the Corinthian church, not come behind in any good gift. May we, Father God, pace what your uh, plan and purpose is for us. May we come abreast and keep pace of what your desire is. Not only, uh, Father, what your desire is, but may our experience be that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for fresh fire, for fresh oil, for renewing us, O oh Lord God. We call it done, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. And we will act in faith, Lord, and walk by faith in it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for being patient and long-suffering with us. And we thank you that our best days, that our most fruitful times, that our greatest understanding is in front of us, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. That our greatest victories, Lord, are, are in our near future. Thank you, Lord, for uh, windows of light, doors of opportunity, and streams of provision. We give you the glory and honor and praise for expanding us, enlarging us, and increasing us in our inner man. We, we asked you, Father God, to fill us with your fullness because you're able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we even ask or were even thinking about. 
Thank you for doing it, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Let's just confess it by faith. Uh, I am on fire, passionate for God and for His kingdom. I seek first the kingdom of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Say it with me. I'm hungry for the Word of God. Hallelujah. Say it with me. I am being filled with the Spirit of God. I have moved closer and will continue to move into Jesus and Him being my first love of my life. I'm on fire. I'm revived. I'm rejuvenated. I'm renewed by the grace of God, by the Word of God, by the Spirit of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, if you believe in your heart and say it with your mouth, the Bible says you shall have whatsoever you said. That's why we said it. Glory to God. Woo! Well, I'm going to dismiss, and I'll get you out one, one minute earlier than we did last week. Father, we thank you for speaking to us tonight. We thank you for the deposit of your grace that's been imparted to us, and we give you the glory and honor and the praise for it. Uh, Father, we're thankful that he which began a good work in us is faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we pray as we dismiss, work in us both to will and do of your good pleasure and help us to work out our own salvation with godly reverence and fear and trembling. We thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. This message has been brought to you by Faith Builders Family Church. To learn more, please visit our website, www.faithbuilderschurch.net.